Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd Feinberg podcast on the Odyssey app. Oh, it's WTIC. What's going on with you? Robin Middletown, what's happening? Hey, Todd, did uh, John Kirby and Sleepy Joe forget that the Chinese spokesperson came out last week and said, this is Chinese property, not the U.S.'s, and we want it back? My mother told me a long time ago when I was a little boy, to be a good liar, you got to have a good memory. I don't think they're either. They have either. They're either, um, they, they don't have a good memory, and what's the other thing they don't have? A good story? <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. They're missing a good story. Thank you for that, Rob. 860-522-9842. Yes, we are doing the rants this half hour. So if you want to call in and help us rant, we kind of mix the live and the recorded. The rant line number seven five one forty six ninety eight, and the rant's coming up in just a moment. You can take part in this, you know. Either way, you can call in the rant line eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. It's very doable. It's it's totally up to you when you record, and uh, we we play it uh, when we get around to it. You know, like right now. So stay with us. We just got to get through a little Mark Christopher update on the commute, the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Hey, Mark. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yes, yes, yes. Rant line time. Let's play some rants. Let's chat. Give a call, 860-522-9842. We can talk about whatever you like. Hi, Mr. Todd. It's Margaret. Um, hey, I have a question. Uh, my son's friend lives near East Palestine, Ohio, where that thing happened, the train derailment, and now people are getting sick. And, mm-hmm. you know, he said that he had to move to another town because people are getting sick and um, they're getting all um, respiratory problems and everything. But yet no one seems to do anything for them. It's awful. But yet we're giving money to other countries. But how come we're not helping our own people? It doesn't make sense. We're, we're the environmentalists there. We're poisoned, poisoned uh, water and everything. And how come they're not helping them? doesn't make sense. Don't they care about the environment, I thought? Or is it just carbon emissions? doesn't make sense to me. All right, Todd. Well, thank you. Okay, we love you. Bye. Thank you so much. You know, if you look at the money, uh, the climate change is about money seems to me it's a power play 
to try to divert resources away from old energy into new energy with a purpose of simply getting money into the hands of friends instead of foes. That's how I see it. 860-522-9842, Dave in Brantford. Hey, Dave. Oh, Todd, that was quick service. Uh, from 1989, I'm cleaning out some old magazines. National Geographic, 1989. Mm. There was a full-page ad that tells us we had 110 nuclear plants in the U.S. and how much they have cut our uh, dependence on oil. And then the, here's part of the story. 110, okay. nu- 110 nuclear plants will not be enough to meet our growing energy demand. More plants are needed. Now it's 34 years later. And just before this call, I went online to check. We presently have 92 operating nuclear reactors for electricity in the United States. So we've gone backwards by 18 over the 34 years. And nobody's taking out full-page ads in the magazine to encourage this wonderful source of electricity, which is carbon-free. Did that story say what percentage of total electric consumption was being covered by the nukes? No, it did not. I, and I didn't do enough research. It just mentioned it cut our uh, oil de- dependency by 3 billion barrels since 1973. But it gave a, an address, yep. the U.S. Council for Energy Awareness in Washington, D.C. This was during George Bush the first administration. And all, my point is, there is no one agitating except us small voices agitating for nuclear. No one's ever on your show with money and corporate or political power behind them to agitate for this but we do know the green we do know the green weenies have killed it and yet they're the ones bemoaning the most loudly that all the electricity is carbon presently when it's mainly their fault tell me that council again u.s council what uh u.s council for energy awareness it's a p.o box uh, 66103 department well department sn04 washington dc that's all right. They, invent, they invented the Internet since then, so we don't need that stuff. <laughs> They've invented you don't You don't need all that. But I'm, <laughs> my point is, once we are agitating for nuke to get that electricity we desperately need, yep. what happened? It's fallen off the map. And you yep. let me say it. Thank and, you. And they are, uh, they are the people who want it, as you point out, because they want us off of fossil fuels. The one thing that could do it is nuclear energy, and it's vastly safer than it was back then, even though it was very safe back then. Hey, Todd, Biden did a good job with the railroad union contract negotiations, didn't he? Just look at the results. Goodbye. He is a maestro, isn't he? Did you see this UConn president, Radinka Merrick, yesterday? She herds up a bunch of underachievers to go to the Capitol, and they're all upset about a possible cut to the budget at UConn. Now, wait a second, underachievers, Mark. Why are you calling them underachievers? They're college students. She doesn't threaten to close the library or cut the advisor staff who assist your students into getting into classes or maybe eliminating the mentoring program, which helps your students, you know, achieve their goals and not struggle so much. No. The one thing she threatens to yank the men's and women's basketball program from playing at the XL Center, what a disconnect to what's important in life. How, what's the percentage, Todd, do you think of Connecticut residents that actually go to the games? Oh, some tiny 
percentage. But th- but that uh, that's a big. I I think you're off base on the specific example you're using. But I, I get your point. I just I don't think she's off that that she's missing the point by by going after the sport. She wanted to make a splash in the news. The thing I'm confused about is why she wanted to be uh, a slapping the face of the governor and others in power who make a mess of everything, but particularly the the whole Yukon situation. Hi, Todd. Well, you know, from what I understand, a lot of people are getting hours cut at work. Um, restaurants are shutting down. More and more people are becoming unemployed, which means that the underfunded Family Leave Act is going to be more so underfunded. Hey, someone ought to tell Lamont that, huh? Later. Oh, he likes that. Underfunding is good because it means you demand higher taxes. That's how it works. Ain't that right? Let's talk to George and Vernon. Hello, George. Yes, how are you? Nice to hear from you. Same here. The uh, nuclear power plants, I agree, is the best way to go. I worked at numerous uh, power plants, nuclear power plants. Mm Mm-hmm. How long ago was this? It was probably in eighties and nineties. And and were you uh, concerned about safety, your own safety being in those plants? No, I was not because there's always, always safety protocols in those plants. Mm-hmm. So they were well run, you would say. Absolutely, I've gone into the reactor uh, vessels. Uh, I've gone into. Uh, during that time, a lot of things. Now, reactors, nuclear power is the best way to go. So these people are telling you that they're not. Have you kept it up is, with the technology at all, George? Because they're supposedly so much safer now. Yes, they're much more safer now. I have to a certain extent, and I agree. The way to go to this country is to have nuclear power plants. I don't understand why people are fighting it so bad. Well, that is the best way. The, it's to go. bizarre that they're that they're not encouraging it. If you really believed their story about about climate change being a an existential threat, if global warming is so dangerous that we have an emergency. Why are they focusing on trying to cut our access to oil without replacing it with nuclear energy? Why are they pretending that it's going to work using windmills and solar? Why do they do that? Thank you, George. UConn students were protesting at the state capitol today over the budget cut. It might have helped if the UConn had told them the true story. This was federal COVID money that was going to UConn that has been eliminated. The money has ended. COVID is over. University officials knew that money would end. It would be nice if the media told the whole story and the UConn students should have been told the whole story also. But but they're so committed to making sure that the free money that was very expensive to get 
by the way, cause the inflation that we're experiencing right now. But the free money that, that Jolly Nen has, that he's running around acting like he did something to make the state better, the uh, that money has to go away. It all goes away. And yet, because it was a, it was a fluke, it was a one-time thing. It's temporary money. So the the budget isn't permanently better off. It's just momentarily better off because of $6 billion that came in from the feds. What's intriguing and reveals what they're really up to, those in power who run the state, what they're really up to is making sure that nobody understands that that was one-time money and that they permanently raise the cost of doing business in the state. You watch what happens with UConn. You'll see. So in Ohio, there's a train derailment. And for days, uh, the, the uh, train cars uh, have been on fire, uh, causing uh, a, a deadly uh, chemical cloud to spread, spread, over, over the, uh, spread over the countryside. Uh, there's, a, there's a fish kill. Uh, it's polluting it's polluting the river, causing a fish kill. Why aren't we hearing from the environment activists uh, regarding this situation? Why aren't we hearing from Pete Buttigieg? Pete Buttigieg is a, a climate activist. He's an environmental activist. Uh, and he's uh, and it's a big embarrassment because he's a uh, he's the transportation secretary. I guess his uh, nursing bra must be on too tight. I don't know if anybody connects it with uh, well P, connects Peach Buttigieg with anything for there to be an embarrassment. It's all so disjointed, isn't it? Ah, uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> shoot it down, shoot it down, shoot, shoot. I tell you, if I was in charge of the military, I'd be shooting all kinds of stuff down. I wouldn't be afraid to start no wars or anything like that. Maybe I ought to run for president in a couple of years. You hear that? Ned's got the courage to shoot it all down. Uh, hey, public governors can do it. So can I. I probably do a really good job. I did good through the pandemic. We lied to you. I mean, oh, I mean, uh, the <laughs> wife had her business going and everything was good. And and uh, I think we should just shoot any kind of space junk full of four holes. Send it back to where it came from. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, be good. Drive careful out there and make sure you pay your taxes. Shoot it down. Shoot it down. There goes Ned. He's going wild. Hi, Todd. Uh, Don from Waterbury. Uh, Todd, I was wondering if there's been any updates on those outrageously high electric bill uh, delivery charges. I'm looking for some sort of answer like... Uh, this is old, by the way. This is an old rant that I found from a year ago in March. And I, it surprised me. I hadn't realized we were talking about the delivery rates spiking that long ago. Well, the governor and or Eversource and or Millstone Power Plant have decided uh, they've been a little bit unfair to their customers and are reducing charges by, say, uh, 25%. And they promise to be more open or say more accurate statements to the to the press going going forward. And I guess if we couldn't get something like that, they might say, well, due to the backlash of public opinion, we're discontinuing our uh, 
are increases. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you have a nice day over there. All right. Bye-bye. They don't, uh, they don't make anything better. They only make it cost more. They only make things worse. Hi, Todd. This is Dick Cheney calling. Um, I just want to... I just wanted to let you know the only reason my daughter Liz wants Trump impeached a second time is because I told her I'd buy her a pony if she goes ahead and votes to convict him. Um, And the problem is is that President Trump knows too much about 9-11 and other things that have gone on under the the Bush administration and the, the Clinton administration. Uh, etc. And so we have to, that's why the uh, Bush family wants to keep them quiet and they all look like turncoats because they are. They're not American. None of us are Americans. You, the people, have been the victims of the real conspiracy, which is that a man in a cave directed men with box knives to destroy America. <laughs> That was some wild stuff, huh? What do you think about that? Hi, Todd. This is Liz. My dad went back on his promise to buy me a pony, and he won't buy me one no matter how I vote. It's that damn Bush family. They control everything. They do. Well, they used to, I guess. Hi, Todd. It's the American Patriot. Today's rant is about uh, the latest Republican-sponsored shooting at Michigan State University. You know, what's it going to take for these gutless, spineless Republicans to do something about this? The Democrats are all in, ready to do something. The great Chris Murphy. (laughs) The great Chris Murphy. I love that we have one person who calls to give us the true picture of the, the, uh, the full commitment to team that certain people approach politics with. It can't just be about rooting for your team. You have to make some effort to make sense. Don't you? Don't you agree with me on that? It's scary how people... Well, I call it Yankee suck syndrome. Why do the Yankees suck? Because you were born in New York. Why do the Red Sox suck? No, you had that backwards, but you know what I meant. Because you were born in Boston, right? All right, let's get a traffic update. Save me, save me from myself. Let's go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher, have at it, sir. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
Listen to WTIC News Talk 1080 on the free Odyssey app. Download and like WTIC today for alerts on special programming. Don't you know that public schools as a concept are failing when you can't get kids to attend them? New Haven's public school district plans to partner with 10 community organizations to provide case management and mentorship for students and families in a bid to make sure young people go to class and to curb too high rates of chronic absenteeism. They've got to mobilize to try to cajole kids into school, families to send their kids to school. Schools should be so exciting. It should be such a place of passion and opportunity and mind expansion that kids can't wait to get there. And we would have that if we had a market-driven system. There is nothing that we trust rigged systems to, is there? totally rigged systems is there anything else like the public school system in america and yet we abandon the market the thing we know provides the best of everything we abandon it with the one thing that is the most necessary the most vital and that is education of young people and in that we've got a system that is so bad that kids won't go to school that families won't send them isn't that remarkable? Don't you find that fascinating that we, we put up with this? We need to somehow awaken our brains. We need to somehow make everybody conscious of how unacceptable this is. There is kind of a baked-in expectation that things should be bad, I guess. Why? Why should things be bad? Why shouldn't education be vibrant and wonderful and magical? And why shouldn't it be turning out the best for everybody? It, it's, it's a fascinating study in human nature that we have been so brainwashed by the plunderers that we buy their arguments about why we should put up with horrible schools. And yet we do. Failure is baked in and everyone says, oh, that's fine. You can't give up the public schools. You can't give up the education unions. But why? Why can't you? Why can you accept that kids don't learn? 860-522-9842. All right, what's going on here? We've got Reese on the radio coming up. That's good news because everyone loves Reese. We do a segment with him every Thursday. Don't forget, tomorrow during the 5 o'clock hour, we've got Order Up. That's our food and restaurant hour. Now, back to the Don Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Thursday afternoon, beautiful spring day. Reese on the radio is here. Hello, Reese. <laughs> hey, how are you? Well, I was going to call it summer, but I decided I'd... I'd wait for the celebration a little while. Yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 weird. It's uh, weather's like that about this time. February is always hit or miss. But uh, no, no, it's not this good though. Yeah, never. <laughs> it's not this big of a hit. This one is a grand slam. Yeah, absolutely. Al Gore must be like spewing. Like oh, right he now. must be so excited. Head spinning like Linda Blair. 
So what's going on? What are you thinking about these days? I'm thinking about, um, even though not that this matters, okay, and I mean this with all my heart, not that it matters, but I wanted to talk a little bit about it because I don't think anybody's had a real conversation about this, and that is uh, the announcement by former governor and former um, uh, U.N. Secretary Nikki Haley, her announcement uh, running for president of the United States. You're one of the excited people, huh? I was wondering oh, who was excited. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm wondering who's excited about it. Like, why? Look, this is nothing more. We have to call it for what it is. This is a resume builder. There's no way that Nikki Haley is serious about this candidacy. Like, I keep asking the question, what platform is she running on? Like, what is her crowning achievement that makes her believe that she could be president of the of the united states that isn't the obvious ones one she was a governor and two she's female and i'll go and i'll go one step further three she's a, a woman of color is you know really important nowadays in in i guess the politics of, you gotta have one yeah you gotta have it right so i mean i can't and i'm just it, it, for lack of a better term, I'm throwing her a bone on the person of color thing because, unfortunately, that's not selling with anyone, even people who know that she is technically a woman of color. She is, but you know, by no stretch of the imagination, she is native. However, she's not viewed in that sense, and that's just – I'll put it to you this way. Yeah. Uh, Kamala Harris has more credibility as a black woman than Nikki Haley has as a native one. Native what? Native American. Oh, is that what she is? Yes. yes. Wow. Yeah. So again, I thought so, she was an Indian Indian. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. I wait a minute. She's is she an Indian? Indian? I thought she was native. I don't know. You could be right. Yeah, I've I've always heard that. She I was haven't an, done research on it. Oh yeah, but then again, like I said, and maybe somebody will correct me because I've always thought that she was native, but nonetheless. She has never really achieved anything. Now, other people are saying, like, look at the way that she handled the Dylan Roof situation when she was governor of South Carolina. And I go, okay, I don't think that that was one of those moments where she reached a national spotlight, so to speak. Like, that situation with Dylan Roof with the killing of nine black people at the church, the focus was on the the absurdity of what happened in that moment mm -hmm. Dylan Ruth showing up there like the the actual actions that took place took precedent in that Nikki Haley did not take any limelight from that or add anything to the story because there's never been any real healing behind the killings committed by Dylan Ruth that has always been uh, in other words she was never able to uh, bring a country together so to speak but that was never her role she may have brought people in South Carolina together or maybe kept, you know, uh, sort of uh, evil, even heads, but she never really got any national prominence from it. Not that I think you should. I think that's callous and disgusting for you to use that as a means to buff your, your resume. But if that's all you got, Nikki Haley, uh, unfortunately, I just don't think that she's got an opportunity to make any real uh, – to, to get any – way ahead in that primary with the names that are going to be in there, of course, most notably DeSantis and Trump. Well, I think the angle that she must be playing is along the lines of, of what you're saying, and that is that she 
she's looking at voids in the marketplace and that the race is most likely going to be fought between Trump and DeSantis. And if DeSantis wins, which uh, I don't know, I'd put my money on DeSantis this far out. I know it's kind of risky to bet, but Trump could collapse and DeSantis could collapse. But DeSantis is the young guy who just won re-election by 20 points. And Trump is the guy who's trying to come back from a loss and who's getting on in years. So between those two, I say let's uh, put our money on DeSantis, and then DeSantis needs a running mate. So why not? Why not Nikki Haley? I, I just I, again, I other than like I said for the obvious reasons, I just don't. Again, I, what's her platform? And by the way, I stand corrected. You were you were correct. She's India from India, right? Indian from India. I always thought I don't know why I always thought that she was Native American. Yeah, she's Indian from India. Well, it's all the same difference. <laughs> Oh, yeah, according to Christopher Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who cares? I know, yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but I, I just want to make sure I'm correct on the record. But look, what I'm saying to you is, is like, look, everyone was saying she's going to throw her a hat in the race, she's going to throw her a hat in the race. But I think the, the I want to say the press fair as opposed to fanfare, the press fair is no further than her announcement. I don't see any rallying behind Nikki Haley as a candidate. It's hard to see. It's hard to see where she would generate excitement. However, yeah. she is the first one into the race against Trump. So I feel like there's a strategy there of everybody else is afraid to go up against Trump. Who wants to announce against Trump? Because he eviscerates everybody who challenges right. him, right? So she's playing this angle of, I know Trump, I was inside his administration, he was right. a good president, but his time is over, and it's time to move on to a new generation of leadership. That'll resonate for some chunk of the population. Meanwhile, she stands up to her, him, and it's a gamble, but if she wins that gamble, then he elevates her. He makes her powerful because he's ripping her apart all the time, and she can take the punishment. I think that's the gamble. And then... Who else is there? There's her, who's, and, you know, DeSantis needs a vice presidential candidate. And by the way, so does Trump, who's right. going to bring in some other voters. I, okay, Let, let's take your premise here. Now, you, you mentioned earlier, like, the standing up to Trump, and I think you sort of gave that sort of, like, the, the opening. Like, so she stands up to Trump, and she's, you know, she's gone up against Trump, and she said, you know, there were things about Trump she didn't really like. I hear that that saying a lot she stood up to trump she stands up to trump well i i'm not saying past tense i'm saying that by getting in the race she's standing oh up yeah trump. yeah of course of course she is well for, i don't think anybody who wants to be president you know has to stand up to trump if they think they've got a shot right so i don't yeah, think but nobody anybody... else is rushing to be the first one in the race only her and and that usually lets you carve out some territory where you last like early entrance recently have have been ones who do really well do that's you really, all i'm saying do you really think well okay with, with that because i've like i said i've heard that in the media before like she stands up to trump she stood up to trump and the reason why i was responding i was just like okay so i don't think that's in my view i don't see that as the criteria that makes you a good candidate is that if trump can't be the standard to which everything is based on right so if you've got to be more than the Nikki Haley who stands up to Trump, you've got to be the Nikki Haley who grabs a coalition of conservatives to rally behind you. 
And where has she done that? Like, where's her qualifications? Oh, no, to- I agree with that. I, I, I'm i just saying, uh, I'm not saying that she brags about, look at me. Right. You know, she's not going to pose with biceps crunch. <laughs> I think I think the idea is that in a campaign, Trump is the Trump is the fulcrum. The whole thing revolves around. And if Trump collapses, which I, I feel that he's got. He's got a good opportunity to do. I could see him collapsing. I could also also see him taking, you know, running away with the the race for the Republican nomination. But I could see him collapsing because time is is moving on. And he likes to talk about what happened a few years ago to him rather than what the country needs. And that could be problematic for him. And he also likes to focus on his competition and his own party and tear them apart and destroy them. Right. And that could work against him with voters who say, why yeah. are you doing that? Why are you talking about Joe Biden and, and how we have to get rid of him and, and the things that are wrong with America? And that just provides an opportunity for him to collapse and, and Nikki Haley to suddenly look like she's bigger than she is. Yeah, but see, they've got to be able to seize on the multitasking of a Donald Trump in that case, because, you know, there there is something that, that really makes sense in what you said. Right. He talks about what happened to him in 2020. He talks about what happened with him in Russiagate and with the the uh, investigations. He talks about um, himself in a lot of ways and sort of steers away folks. And you're right. He doesn't talk about well, he does talk about Joe Biden and the left and, and that all stuff. So he does kind of. Uh, circle around to every one of those sort of factors in some way, in some meaningful way, not so much in the way that more people would like to. But again, back to the Nikki Haley in this case is I don't see her as someone who can seize on Donald Trump's weaknesses in, in, in that way. Like she, the first thing she said in the opening campaign, like her campaign uh, video that, that came out, she did what I consider the fatal flaw for all Republicans. Mm-hmm. Stop talking about you're not racist. Stop it. And when she opens up to that with that uh, line inside of her campaign video, it's like people think that Republicans are racist. And I'm like, first of all, why mention it? You know, if you have to, you, it's thou protest too much. If you're not racist, you don't have to tell anybody. You know, you, if you're an equal opportunity employer, you don't really have to state it. You just you, you do it by example. If well, you have yeah, to state it. But people... but isn't that statement a reminder that, hey, look, I'm they can't say that about me. They can't get me with their drivel on race because I'm immune. You need one of me. Isn't that what she's saying? Yeah. Again, I still don't believe you point it. You, you don't bring attention to what you already are. Right. I mean, what you are not, I should say, don't bring attention to what you are not. And I remember this campaign, I think it was in Maryland. And I can't remember her name was Christy something. She was running for um, uh, she was running for a Senate seat. I want to say maybe a congressional seat. But uh, someone was saying that in college she studied witchcraft. Oh, yeah. Back in uh, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. 2010. And in her campaign video, she goes, I'm not a witch. And I went, oh, that's it. You're done. You caved. You caved to what the rumors were. The fact that you had to tell people that you're not a witch means that you had to defend it in the first place. It's yeah, she should have had witchy woman playing. Yep. <laughs> but you just don't do that. Don't draw attention to what people are already looking for. Because now that she put it in an ad, if so much as one thing 
her campaign does appears to be racist, they'll be using that line against her. It'll doom you. Now she's got to live up to that standard in everything she does. She's creating the eggshells she has to walk on. Oh, I like that one. Is that your own metaphor? Yes, it is. That's beautiful. <laughs> Put that in a banner over your desk. <laughs> I created these eggshells. That's right. She, you, you do. You, you, you really put yourself in a bind. You know, you, it, it's, it sucks. But when I heard it, as soon as I heard it, I was driving my car and I heard the campaigns and, and someone was playing it on the, on the air and I just heard it. And as soon as I heard the thing, it was like, uh, people say that we're the party of racism. I'm like, who cares what they say? Our ideas are important. You focus on racism. That's the first place that they go. It's, it's just one of those things. Like it's in a, a, a if, if you're looking at a, a, a blue screen and somebody puts a red dot in it, the only thing they see is the red dot. It's the only thing that they see. The and red dot, put, like in the yeah. center of your forehead, you mean? Exactly. They see, they see it. They can't help but see it. And, again, the, racism, as we know, because of this the zeitgeist you know, that we live in, racism is used in every facet for every simple thing. I mean, God. You've yeah, noticed like, that, huh? It's disgusting. One little Two little girls get ignored for a hug at Sesame Place, and the person inside the costume is called a racist. No one's ever found out the individual who's inside that costume. And it's been screamed that there's some fuzzy, you know, doll or fuzzy character at Sesame Street is racist. So what, plus, plus, you can't see out of those things. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, nothing. She's not given the benefit of the doubt. All they saw are two black girls rejected, and it immediately turned into something else. So people are looking for an excuse to look at racism or to find racism and everything. I mean, it's like a fine-tooth comb of people looking for uh, for for racism. For Nikki Haley to start. All right, can you campaign? calm down now, please? We're running sorry. out of time, and I'm just sorry. worried about your blood pressure. I'm sorry. It's just it, it annoys me. It just annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> well, go. You you need a little side gig, I think, doing political consulting. Well, I've I've actually done that. I've I've done some some political consulting, and I have a record. I keep trying to tell people, you need me. I've got a record of three to one win to wow. win loss. Yeah. That's I've pretty got, good. Yeah, and we're talking about like, like states across the country. So I've had people ask me to help them campaign, and I've done it quietly, and I tell them exactly what to do and how to deal with critics, with people who you know, uh, make assertions about them and how to respond to it and exactly what to say and how to use those, uh, those comments and those aspersions against the people making them and how to get them to answer, you know, uh, to, to respond to them. I always say, it's like, you know, if I called you, Todd, a dog killer, defend yourself. I would say you're walking on the eggshells that you created. <laughs> but right, that's my gotta, point. We, we got to go, it. Reese. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my sir. Pleasure. Reese on the radio.com. Have yourself a grand evening. Mark Christopher, BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Give us another check of the roads, would you, Marcus? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.